My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And welcome to Real Lich Hours, our show about Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah, here with episode one, getting into the game proper with its opening and introduction. Yeah, I want to first thank uh, the artist for the show, Jaden, and Mm -hmm. thank our theme music composer, Gwen. Thank you, Gwen. And and Jaden, both of you, very much. Mm -hmm. Uh, Every episode begins with a table of contents. Mm -hmm. What are we doing this episode, Cole? Yeah, well, in this episode, we're going to visit the player's handbook and talk about our initial character builds, kind of the concept that we are uh, rolling with for uh, the playthroughs that we're talking about in depth here. Um, And then we're also going to, in talking about the quests, meet our tadpole. Um, uh, or at least the tadpole, the, the tadpole will be introduced to our craniums unwillingly. Yeah, it meets uh, us. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I'll come to you. Stay there. Yeah. And then nearly go down with the squid, uh, is, yeah. uh, is what's going on. Uh, what else are we doing? Uh, we're going to learn all about mind flares in the fiend folio. Uh, we are going to zoom hyper in just to give everybody a, uh, a taste of how zoomed in the show will be uh, mm-hmm. and talk about a specific spell. We're going to talk about the command spell. Yeah. Uh, and all of its uses in the sage advice section. Then we're going to read over the Illithids' shoulder, looking at their runes in the uh, legends and lore, uh, uh, talking about uh, uh, things that we can find in the Nautiloid, uh, where we yeah. start the game. Uh, and then finally, we're going to talk about us, not the uh, Tim Heidecker movie. Uh, follow up to get out, uh, but uh, uh, just uh, the, the the little intellect devour in our fa- found familiar section. Find familiar yeah. section. Yeah. We talk about the critters of yeah. Baldur's Gate. Uh, this episode, uh, future episodes, will have a section called the forum. Mm-hmm. Uh, the forum is we're going to read letters from you rather mm-hmm. than doing uh, feedback roundups. We're going to do one of those every episode. Yeah. Um, you can either uh, I don't mind collating those. You can either send those directly to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary at duckfeed.tv. You can also leave them as comments on the episode in the Patreon. Uh, So that's the contents. Let's, uh, let's get into it with the player's handbook. Yeah. So we are, uh, this is a game that contains multiple facets. So we're experiencing it as two very different characters uh, of this. Um, And the idea that we had for this is kind of to do goofus and gallant. (laughs) <laughs> uh but instead of goofus it's uh goros it's goros and uh gallant yeah 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 uh the idea being going maximum good and maximum evil there are a number of different ways that the content and your approach can vary um mm-hmm. but uh this is you know we're talking about classic fantasy and stuff so we're categorizing them yes yeah. um just for context uh this is my second playthrough mm-hmm. of this so i have played through as a arguably good character as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't have perfect memory of all that stuff because I wasn't doing it for the show. Yeah. Um, but some of the stuff I have done, however, uh, the content, most of the content I'm doing on this playthrough is new because I'm playing as the dark urge. Yeah. Um, the dark urge is one of the character classes you can do in this. That is, uh, you can choose your build and race and everything, but you have a dark passenger. <laughs> um, so I'm doing this as a gnomish, uh, storm sorcerer is my initial class. Uh, the name is Charnum. Uh, that mm. is a cute little in-joke. Mm. And the uh, the plan is to be somebody who maybe struggles with it, uh, but eventually gives in. Yeah. I want to be crappy. Uh, <laughs> and I want to see what the Dark Urge does. Right. This. I'd read a lot about um, that the uh, game has a lot of content you'll never see unless you give in mm-hmm. to the Dark Urge. Um, I'm going to try to indulge in it as much as I can. Right. So, yeah. uh, I don't know what I'm going to do in the future 
for my character class. I, one thing I'm bad at, as much as I have tactician sicko brain mm-hmm. in this uh, game, is I am bad at uh, multi-class builds. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know what it is. I, I'm, maybe this is when I learn. You know, I might have to because I'm, I'm playing on the hard difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, as is, though, characters will probably stay as their initial classes, at least until I think of something different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I'm planning to take a uh, Lazel, Asterion, and Shadowheart, even though I might sub Shadowheart out for Minthara. Right. Um, I want to see what Shadowheart is a character who has alternate paths in this. Mm-hmm. I want to see what her secondary path is. Uh, but she does not like how much of a shithead I am. Yeah, that uh, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could see that. And Minthara uh, can be a good substitute. She's a paladin. Uh, yeah. Minthara is somebody who, in my first playthrough, nor in my second, am I going to get to spend any time with. Mm-mm. No, <laughs> my first playthrough, I pushed her off a cliff. Uh, <laughs> the uh, So, and I, you can also respec any yeah. of these characters. So, in terms of uh, classes, right now, everyone's their the class that they start as. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lazel, Astarion, and Shadowheart are playing uh, a fighter, a rogue, and a cleric. Uh, but if I take in Minthara, I might turn her into a cleric. Gotcha. So, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, on the other side of the coin, I am playing as Gorman, uh, a wood elf ranger. Uh, Gorman named after a nature center where I go hiking mm. quite a bit near uh, nearby. Made uh, made sense. Uh, Gorman uh, grew up uh, as part of his wood elf clan, uh, but was unable to tolerate their inaction to address injustices in the world around him. So decided to leave and go to uh, you know the human cities and kind of take up as a vigilante, uh, doing like a, a combination Robin Hood Batman uh, kind of thing. Um, I don't know if I chose the folk hero background, uh, but mm-hmm. it's pretty close uh, to what it is. Uh, but yeah, going out and righting wrongs and uh, trying very hard not to give in to the urges to uh, to dominate people that are part of the uh, the story uh, that is brought in here, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to multi-class. Maybe if the uh, if the opportunity presents itself, Gary, you will be glad to know that I also do not have a mind for multi-classing. Yeah, that's that that makes me very happy. Yeah. I, I, this is it's a big part of like build crafting in this game is a really huge hobby. Mm-hmm. You know, for people, and I respect it. Yeah, uh, I'm just I, bad at it. Why? I'm just like, why would I take like level level one in something when I could get level eight uh, in my in my main class? Like, it sounds way more powerful to me. Yeah, th- those uh, those abilities at the end of the the class strings are yeah. really tantalizing. Yeah, if there are yeah. prestige classes, maybe um, I've got more of a mind for prestige class kind of things, but not the case. Um, uh, who are you rolling with? Uh, I'm rolling with Gale Shadowheart uh, as my healer, and then Carlac uh, mm-hmm. as my uh, as my primary companions. Uh, maybe uh, we'll sub in Will uh, as well uh, in place of Carlac. Uh, possibly, uh, it's hard to get around without a uh, you know without a tank, and Carlac has yeah. a good. Uh, it really fulfills that role quite well. Um, uh, but in addition, yeah. to just being best girl. Oh yeah, Carla uh, awesome. can fill any role that she yeah. wants. Yeah, as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, you know, if you're asking, you know, wherefore out there, I know that doesn't mean where I keep fucking that up. It means why If you're asking mm-hmm. why we're, wherefore art thou not doing will in one of these things? Uh, I had will on my first playthrough. Mm-hmm. I can speak to will's quest yep. a little bit. We're also going to shore up this stuff with research. Yes. The reality is there are 10 characters mm-hmm. in Baldur's gate. We can each take three. Yeah. Uh, with us. <laughs> As primary um, ones. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Wherefore uh, art, uh, Halsum. 
right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and luckily, Halston doesn't have a story. Mm-hmm. But but there's cool things with uh, later characters who are kind of spoilers. Um, we can speak to those, but we're not going to have firsthand experience right. with them necessarily. Yeah. Um, we will be updating you as we play the game uh, on our choices for level up. So yeah. the idea here, you know, there are people who have no interest in this game or who are just not suited to it. Mm-hmm. This will function a little bit as a let's play. We mm-hmm. discuss the reasoning why we make the choices we do. Yeah. Why'd you roll a uh, sorcerer on yours and why storm sorcerer specifically? So my first playthrough, um, I did a bard. Uh, okay. Bards are ludicrously kind of overpowered in this game. They're very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted a face character. No. Um, so sorcerers are charisma casters. Right. Uh, so I'd have high charisma. Um, I also wanted to experiment with meta magic. Yeah. Uh, which is their gimmick in mm-hmm. uh, this version. Um, Storm Sorcerer just seemed the most interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, they get the ability to, um, after they cast a spell, they can fly as a bonus mm-hmm. action. Uh, so you're very mobile. Uh, and early on you get a staff that lets you create water. So I'm planning on uh, setting people uh, wet and, Excuse me, then electrocuting them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, nice. and if I end up uh, respecting Shadowheart or taking Minthar and respecting her, I'm going to make her a storm cleric and we gotcha. will electrify the realms. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Why, uh, why Rangin? Well, uh, Ranger is not a character that any of the, uh, any of the, uh, companions come, come mm-hmm. as. You know, uh, you know, it's like, what well, you don't have a ranger, you don't have a monk and you don't have a bard. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to mess around with it. And also, uh, I wanted to focus on archery, uh, because you get all kinds of really cool arrows that you can use. Yes. <laughs> so kind of doing a bit of a Hawkeye thing a little bit. Alarian favorite. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how are you picking locks? Uh, how am I picking locks? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> With a sword. Probably using spells. Which you can. Yeah. 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 You, can, yeah. you can use spells. You can get knock. You can also just bash them open. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, one of my, um, one of my uh, uh, choices that I made for origin or just when I was making the character, I get a bonus to sleight of hand. Like I have proficiency in oh, that. nice. As well. Yeah. 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 Uh, you need a lock picker in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's good to have that as, a, uh, as an option. Yeah. Uh, so we rolled up our characters and we started the, the game. Um, we start with a cutscene. Um, we see an illithid floating around a chamber. Uh, yeah. You know, and we immediately see what some of what illithids are capable of. Uh, he's floating. He's psionically manipulating the environment. Yeah. Um, everything looks like a wet rubber tube. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything is a is a pulsating mood, uh, ovulating mood sack. Yeah. From H.R. Geiger. I love it. I, I, I love everything about Mind Flayer Ecology. Oh, yeah. Uh, the way that everything is made out of uh, and made out of flesh and nervous material. Yes. Um, I love that the, one of the first actions you can take in this game to proceed is you have to touch a sphincter. <laughs> uh, you do you do touch the sphincter in this. Uh, at some point, we will just talk generally about the horniness of Mind yeah. 3, not this episode. <laughs> yeah. um, in this cutscene, there's a huge focus on Lazelle, mm-hmm. uh, one of our characters. They didn't know who you were going to play. They needed a cinematic focus. So it almost yeah. makes it seem like Zell, Lazelle is the main character. Right. Of this. Yeah. Oh. And we see what happened to her, what is going to happen to us. Uh, the Mind Flayer uh, goes to this pod in the middle of the room and picks up a little tadpole uh, that has like a, like, a, like a grasping like lamprey mouth, right? And then approaches her. And puts it onto her eye. Normally, the tadpoles go up the nose or into the ear. Here, for maximum horror, they put on the they put it on the eye and had it crawl in through the tear duct. Yeah, 
<laughs> uh, I love that we see it happen to her before it happens to us. Yeah. Uh, that's really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, just really scary <laughs> mirror neuron shit. Yeah. As a, as a, from first person perspective, again, because this is pre-rendered, they can't show what our character is. But the Illithid walks up and then uses its psionics, uh, psychic abilities, to, like, grasp our head and point it forward and hold it still as yeah. we get the close-up of the uh, of the grasping mouth there, just right in the center of the field of view. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really spooky. I don't have uh, eye stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, mirror neurons like that. Uh, yeah. But this spooks me out. Yes. On its own. Yeah. Um, we cut to kind of showing the ship. We're floating above a city. Um, yeah. This is uh, Yartar. Uh, the city, not a city I don't know very much about. Yeah. Uh, but this is, uh, you know, according to uh, the developers, this is a trade city on the border of the uh, very unfortunately named Savage Frontier. Yeah. Um, here. And a guy notices us. Uh, we we see a, a soldier run up, ring the bell, uh, <laughs> but the ship starts harvesting people. Yeah, uh, yeah. They like, like kind of disappear into puffs of smoke, uh, and then it, immediately appear in the pods inside the nautiloid. It it's exceedingly. I don't feel so good, Mister Stark. Uh, <laughs> except as I don't feel so good, Mister <laughs> Elminster, as you uh, you disappear into ashes. Yeah, uh, here. <laughs> but uh the nautiloid isn't alone uh whenever a mind flayer makes its presence known uh the gith yankee uh are not too far behind we'll talk about the gith when we talk about lizelle uh they mm-hmm. factor in major side quests uh, uh come in which, huge presence in this game yes yeah. yeah um but uh they're riding these dragons um and they're giving chase uh they ride red dragons chasing the illithids across the plains and this is huge spectacle uh as yeah. they start assaulting this gigantic floating nautiloid yeah so so multiple dragons fighting a gigantic space squid uh, mm-hmm. really really cool and we start doing a chase through the plains right um cutting through different plains eventually ending up in avernus uh, which mm-hmm. is a hell yeah you know uh, of this and our ship is in trouble yeah it's been dragoned uh, pretty, pretty rough. Mm-hmm. Um, and we wake up at this point, the ship is on fire. Uh, it is, uh, possibly going down, mm-hmm. uh, very dramatic. Yeah. Uh, and if it's going to go down, we don't want it to happen in hell. <laughs> no, uh, you know, we, we'd like to stay out of Avernus. Um, yeah. there is a prequel adventure mm-hmm. to this, uh, which we will talk about. Uh, yes. Eventually. Yeah, it is. It is a campaign book, uh, called, uh, descent into Avernus. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this game has a lot of uh, characters and elements from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we wake up and we uh, touch the sphincter uh, to get out. <laughs> That's how the doors are. Um, we uh, go around, uh, you know, pick up treasure, just kind of get used to yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the game. Uh, and we're introduced to one of my favorite, low-key favorite performances in the game, which is the mm-hmm. narrator's voice Yeah, of this. Uh, this game is narrated. Mm-hmm. Um, the there. the knowing tone that she takes on so yes. much like it, it's a real like uh, like lean forward kind of kind of thing N- narrator is often a thankless job right yes uh, you are exposition uh especially in a visual medium like okay you're 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 explaining stuff that i am seeing happen um but the narrator here is responding to checks that are happening in the background as well yes. whether or not you notice something whether or not something sticks out um and it is uh uh giving you that information in this really dynamic way yeah it's also the way that she says authority unlocked something for somebody i'm sure <laughs> authority you know it's it's uh um we leave this uh this chamber of hr geiger walls and meet a character named us they're calling um, for help 
from they're inside for a help dead body from inside a guy yeah. uh, well, not dead yet oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, soon dead uh, we figure out what this is yeah you know uh if we there are checks for this um the game is really good about giving you useful information if you fail a check mm-hmm. a lot of the time um i had a high arcana skill so i could identify this yeah M- my guy had no idea <laughs> of what was going on and you just you, you walk up and you've got this body you, you just t- tied to this chair you know to this biological mechanism and the top of his head is gone um yes. and this wiggling brain this very high-pitched little innocent voice is calling out asking for help like i, I it needs help being born it can't get free yeah uh so we get a series of chucks uh, to take it out and we're uh something that's very important to kind of the pace of the game is a decision here um the narrator tempts you uh says you know you could as you're pulling it out uh you could uh cripple it you could yeah. you could make it partially lobotomize it mm-hmm. and it might make it more subservient right. um if you do this uh it gets a debuff mm-hmm. but that is way later in the game Right. You are going to be making choices in this game that do not have, you do not feel the consequences of for dozens and dozens of hours. Right. Um, and what this is, we, we should say, this, oh, is yeah. an in, this is an intellect devourer. It is a brain that through uh, a mind flare process uh, is becoming uh, like, a, like a, a four-legged creature that seeks out people with high intellect in order to drain their psionic energy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they're cute. <laughs> We're going to talk about more in, about us later. Yeah. Uh, I love us. Uh, and <laughs> so, us is a very special uh, intellect devourer. So I had no idea when I was looking at the notes here before before I had started my playthrough for the show. My my main playthrough plan was a sorcerer or whatever. I was like, what the fuck is Gary talking about with us here? Because yeah. my first character as a sorcerer passed the arcana check to know what it was. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, intellect devourer. I can't suffer this thing to live. I squished it to death. I, oh, kill, yeah. I killed us thinking it would be dangerous if he was knocking around. It was a real, my friends and I would have killed E.T. with a shovel. I can tell you that much kind <laughs> <Yeah>. of moment. <laughs> In real life, I would kill us. Yeah. You know, uh, the other thing that kind of, if you lobotomize it, mm-hmm. uh, what will happen is if you attack the other intellect of ours, the, mm-hmm. uh, the non-aggressive ones, us will still stay on your side. Okay. If you uh, leave us unhindered, uh, you have to leave those intellect of ours alone. Yeah. But it has uh, benefits later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, we meet, uh, as we come through, we meet uh, a major character here, Lizelle. Yeah. Uh, she's initially going to kill us because of the tadpole. She believes that we are a thrall. Uh, yes. You know, somebody who has been made into an unthinking servant of the mind flayers of the illithids. Um, and Lazelle is uh, a fighter specifically. She is a battle master fighter. I believe like the tactician one, she will default to that. Yes. Um, you get to choose. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she defaults to that. Uh, you don't choose your subclass until level three. Right. Um, for now she is just a fighter. Right. Uh, But this is a combat tutorial Mm -hmm. uh, against some thralls. Uh, if you've taken us with you, you have us on your side. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is all pretty easy. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, for the time I'm playing through on tactician. So there are definitely encounters that are like wake up calls mm-hmm. that would ordinarily be pretty easy, but this is fairly direct. Right. Uh, here. Yeah. Um, and we learn a little bit. We'll talk about the gith close up in a later episode. Um, the gith have a relationship with yeah. the, uh, the mind flayers. No. Um, we saw them come in on the dragons and hunt them. Uh, but they, they have a justified, uh, racial hatred. 
right. of them because yeah. uh, they were formerly a slave race mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. yeah. Now they, you know, they, they, they threw them off. Uh, and then, so the Gith threw off the Mind Flayers and then kind of split into two factions. She is Gith Yankee, uh, mm-hmm. which is the evil one, kind of. It's not as cut and dry as good and evil, but like they're the more brutal one. The Gith Sarai are uh, the more orderly uh, kind. Yes. Yes. Uh, and for good Gith Sarai content, uh, Planescape mm-hmm. Torment. Yeah. With Dakong. Um. You know, we we decide to uh, to join up. We go into the next room, and uh, we notice somebody in one of these pods. Yeah. Um. This is Shadowheart. Yeah. Uh, uh, and we have to uh, pass Arcana checks in order to look at the machines uh, and uh, figure out what it is they're going to do. Like her pod is off to the side, but there's also an array of people hooked up to machines in the middle, and we have three buttons that we can press. Uh, yes. One of which will release them and have them start attacking us. Yeah. Another one which will basically flush them. <laughs> uh, there. Yeah. Um, and you can you can choose which one you press if you have Arcana. You mm-hmm. can see what they'll do. Yeah. yeah. Um, immediately, uh, we get a little bit of Shadowheart's personality. Right. Uh, specifically with Lazelle. Yeah. Uh, to her, the Gith are bad news. Right. Uh, they're evil. Um, I see online a lot, uh, just, you know, Shadowheart racist yeah. over and over. In this world, like the Gith just go around and kill people yeah. and stuff. I'm not saying it's not a bias by mm-hmm. any means. It's it's slightly more complicated than just Shadowheart racist. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, the, the Gith are scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a fantasy world where sometimes, yeah, you know, the people can have reputations right. for that. Uh, it works best not to try to map it onto real life. No, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they have a rivalry. Yes, you know, she's you know, don't don't do that. Uh, Shadowheart is mandatory. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't free her, you can find her on the beach and recruit her. If you don't recruit her, she shows up at your camp. Yeah, uh, you have to have her. And uh, very meaningfully, the first two characters you run into are a fighter and a cleric. Uh, that's all you really need. Mm-hmm. Like a support and a fight. Yeah. Okay? Whatever class you are playing will work fine with us. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's good to have. Uh, she defaults to being a trickster cleric, uh, which is yes. bad. <laughs> it's not a it's good It's the class. worst cleric. <laughs> yeah. by, I mean, you can find use for it, but it's not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, she also has like an artifact with her yeah. that she has to go back and get out of the pod. Yeah. She will not answer questions about it. She's very evasive about this weird D20 that she's carrying around. Yeah. Uh, yeah. the, the other thing is this is the first time you can use your tadpole, your, your burgeoning, uh, power here to manipulate the world. Right. Um, you can just, you can open up her cage without kind of jumping through the hoops yeah. uh, to do so by just, uh, making it obey. Yeah. And you get the, that na- great narrator, narrator going authority. Yeah. Something yeah. is calling to you and you know, something inside is reaching out. Uh, you can yes. bend something to your will and it's hilarious too, because like it is th- the win button. It's almost impossible to lose these checks. Yes. Uh, it's o- it's always like a, like a DC two. So you've got to roll higher than a two, uh, which means you only have a 10% chance to fail if you have no wisdom modifier. Uh, yes. like this is just a way to make things happen for you. Um, and every time you do this, the, you know, the narrator remarks, it feels like you have lost something uh when you've yes. done this yeah uh it's worth noting uh this is a bit of a false threat yeah uh in the game um i have mixed feelings about that uh mm-hmm. we'll pro- talk about that more later yeah. when it's revealed um but just know uh the game is telling you that's gonna be a problem it's probably not yeah um this open area we have all these pods uh these restoration pods that you can touch and get healed but you're still mm-hmm. hungry 
Um, (laughs) Thanks. If you didn't make the joke, I was going to do it. (laughs) um, uh, But they really just want you to go into full every encounter with full strength. Yes. You know, the yeah. Tutorial. Yeah. Um, you're also uh, getting tutorialized on throwables. Mm-hmm. Uh, you pick up these little void bulbs and these little uh, spiked balls mm-hmm. uh, that are AOE minor effects. Yeah. Um, and it's important the the two of these you get because they teach you two different things. One of them does a status effect, so that's bleeding. The other one uh, maneuvers characters. Yeah. Pulls them into an area, so it's teaching you a little bit that you can not only set. Uh, statuses, but you can actually manipulate the position of your opponents. Yeah, and you this. know, draw them closer uh, so that you can uh, make a uh, make an easier attack on them uh, yes. and such. Uh, I love that they just looked at the coolest grenade from Prey and said, oh, "Why not?" Yeah, it's a great <laughs> grenade. The uh, uh, the main thing we're on our way to is the bridge uh, here, um, and we get there. We're introduced to a system called clocks. Uh, right. In this, um, this is a. a kind of ubiquitous tabletop thing right now mm-hmm. um, and was never a part of D&D until more recently. Other yeah. games uh, kind of pioneered this. This is a little timer that tells you how many turns you have mm-hmm. uh, with kind of graduated stakes. Right. So you have the ultimate timer, uh, how long until the ship crosses, how long you have to win this encounter we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. And then uh, as it goes on, eventually Cambians will show up. Yeah. Uh, Cambians uh, being like demon, half, half human, half demon knight kind of things. Yes. yes. Not demon, devil. Uh, yeah, any plain touched person. Sorry. We we will talk about the distinction between devils and demons. Yes. <laughs> uh and this uh the other thing this kind of introduces, uh, addition to the clocks, is that uh similar to um you know, like this was the thing this isn't the first game that did it, but it impressed me when it happened. Mm-hmm. Uh Bioshock. Um multi party engagements. Right. Um you walk in uh and a mind flayer is fighting a demon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Commander Zelk. Uh, they're not paying attention to you. Um, there are uh, NPCs who have uh, lives going on that have nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, <laughs> and so this big fight breaks out. Uh, there are some, you know, minor fiends that are close to you, but the Illithid, as opposed to turning its attention to you and saying like, oh, they're escaping or whatever, it urges you, like, get to the bridge, you know, connect the nerves. We need to, we need to make the jump. Right. Yes. And, you know, here are these two very high level creatures that are primarily fighting each other. And then you have to cross this this large uh, you know, bridge, this command center uh, to get to the cockpit and make this happen. Uh, he will uh, like yell at you if you stop and try to deal with uh, with Zalk here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it says, you know, leave it to me. Yeah, uh, there. Um, their dialogue going back and forth. We learn a little bit about Zalk. Uh, he has a boss named Zeriel. Right. Uh, who is the Archdevil of Avernus. Uh, important characters we'll learn more about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, and you know, this is stuff where backstory from Descent into Avernus will be helpful because this, uh, we're living in a status quo uh, from yes. one of the less than optimal endings of that. Yes. Uh, this type of demon and Zeriel is the lawful uh, type, a devil. Yeah, is a devil. Yes. yes. <laughs> so when it, we it's, say, it's like, frustrating. Look, it is. Devils yeah. are lawful. They're the trickster. Uh, demons who try to get you into contracts. Right. Yeah. That, that is the devil that takes you down to the, the crossroads and plays fiddle. Yeah. Or Flanders in the Treehouse of Horror. Right. Uh, yeah. And they live in the hells, multiple planes that are uh, uh, under their domain. Demons are like doom demons. They are chaotic. 
So devils, lawful evil, demons, chaotic evil, and they live in the abyss. And they're at war. Yeah. Uh, demons are the blonde guy in line for Jelly Bean, and I think you should leave season three. <laughs> who's like, we're going to go fucking nuts in there. <laughs> yeah. That guy's a demon. <laughs> Whereas Jelly Bean is a devil. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you talk, I've, if I talk, I give you $100. And I never talk. Uh, so what the game wants you to do here. Uh, is work your way through. They give you a couple of minor enemies uh, to work through, and you go and connect these two tentacles to do a dimension hop. Yeah. Uh, but because this is a free expressive game with a good dungeon master, you don't have to. Right. Um, you can start fighting. Uh, it's weighted so Zalk will win, mm-hmm. but you can even the odds. Yeah. Uh, the Mind Flayer says, hey, don't do this. I'll handle it, but you can fight Zalk yeah. with the Mind Flayer. Um, this is a way to jump the power curve. Yeah. Um, if you, the, the best way to do this, I didn't do it my first playthrough, but I did it my second playthrough because I'd, I'd heard about it, wanted to see it happen is make Zalk drop his weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can then pick that up. You get a good weapon, but it gives the mind flare a fighting chance. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Uh, and it's great, even in this highly scripted, uh, you know, cinematic kind of thing that you have that wiggle room. There's there's more than enough turns to cross that distance. You know, like yes. you don't really even have to do anything with the minor uh, enemies that are there. So like you can play around. The uh, it's not as urgent as it seems. Eleven turns is a long time in this. Yeah, it's giving you the illusion of mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of having to hurry, but in practicality, you have all the time in the world. Yeah. Uh, I managed to get the sword and to kill Zalk, uh, but I could not kill the Mind Flayer as well. Yeah, yeah. Because it was crawling with Cambians and I had to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cambians are basically as hard as Zalk. Yeah, yeah. And this, that is the real time limit. And we're, we're level one. We're, we're, yeah, yeah. We got no, we got no business dealing with Cambians at this point. No, no, no. Three, three level one characters with us. Yeah. You know, and, but just with Mind Flayer help. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about the command spell later. Yeah. Uh, in this uh, that I used to grab that sword. Uh, it's a really good sword. It's a, a flaming sword, a flaming two-handed sword. Really great for Lazel. Nice. On. Yeah. Um, but we reached the bridge and we managed to, you know, connect these two little nerve tendrils and we thrum. <laughs> I, I love yep. that the dimension hop is engaged by plucking the string. Yeah, uh, that's and really then we, great. And then we start doing these jumps. And I love this cutscene because uh, gravity is changing as we're jumping between dimensions, jumping between yes. planes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we go through several of them before ultimately uh, we're back on the prime material. We are in the wilderness uh, on the sword coast and this, you know, we, we, we fall out. Like we yep. fall clear of the wreckage as it is crashing on this beach. Yep. Uh, as we're about to splatter on the sand, uh, we get gently lowered. Psionically. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know who this is yet. Nope. Who did this, but something has saved us. And we get a little cutscene showing some goblins watching who are supervised by a drow lady. Yeah. Uh, they will become important later. Mm-hmm. Uh, the goblins noticing this is also important. They're right. excited. <laughs> um, I love that we end up on the same plane. It makes me think that uh, when you travel through another plane, you're traveling the same distance. Mm-hmm. So like all that forward momentum we did in Avernus and stuff was just bringing us on Faerun from you know, that city to, to hear. Yeah. From Yartar. yeah. <laughs> you know, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, cool little detail. Love it. Yeah. And yeah. we crash on the beach, getting ready to adventure and gather our party next episode. Yeah. Uh, but that's not the end of this episode because we've got to go on to the fiend folio. And, and honestly, who else could it be? <laughs> we got to uh, talk mind flayers, baby. Yeah. They are the, uh, the, the primary monster. 
for mm-hmm. this. Um, rather than we don't want to recount a wiki. Nope. For you. Um, we're going to talk about them just kind of generally. We The idea here is we read about them. Uh, we learn about them and we just have a little discussion about mind flayers. Yeah. Uh, what's cool about them. Uh, uh, and also what's deeply uncool about them. They are <laughs> like a slaver race of like jerks. Yeah. Um, you do not have to hand it to them. <laughs> not at all. No, no. You know? But like, I think that they are biologically and aesthetically very cool. Uh, yes. individual mind flayer, bog standard vanilla mind flayer, tall, uh, kind of gangly humanoid that has, um, like a squid face kind of thing. Um, yes. it's got a bunch of tentacles around a beak and the primary way that it, uh, sustains itself and sustains the colony is by feeding on, yes, the brains, but primarily the psychic energy of humanoids. Yes. Uh, they, uh, the, the addition differences come in mm-hmm. here because they have a beak in early editions, but now they have a lamprey mouth. Oh yeah, that's right. In yeah. here. So, you know, th- those are the kind of things that we're going to, we're kind of gestalting yeah. and that's okay. One of the things I like is how this is rolled into, uh, diegetically into reading about these monsters mm-hmm. because they'll talk about how like earlier accounts were apocryphal. Yeah. You know, uh, so like the, the Monstrous Manual second edition is rolled into canon <laughs> by it just being what we used to think. Yeah. You know, mind flayers were like. Mm-hmm. Uh, reading about their physiology, uh, I would hate to be a mind flayer. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, they're wet and soft. <laughs> and I don't know how you sleep with tentacles. Nope. And I wouldn't want to sleep if I had a slime, like a fluid that constantly dripped from my tentacles and mouth. No, not at all. Yeah. Uh, I don't want a mucous membrane. No, uh, you know, that, that is that exposed and that spilling mucus just, I mean, it just seems to be begging for infection is the thing. Yes. How permeable yeah. that is. I can't, can't stand it. People don't wash their hair <laughs> uh, when, when you take them out. Um, mind flayers, uh, in terms of an, a quote unquote evil race of monsters in D and D are interesting because they're alien, right? Uh, their whole thing, that cool, you know, authority, uh, <laughs> that is their thing. Yes. Um, they see themselves as basically bringing order to the universe. Right. Um, they have this manifest destiny. They are much more powerful, more long livid. Uh, they are, uh, have these psychic powers. Obviously mm-hmm. they are better than other creatures. Uh, let's incorporate them. Right. Uh, but they're dependent on these other creatures too, which I think is real yeah. interesting. And that worked against them. They used to rule the entire astral plane, but then there was this revolt by the GIF uh, yep. who unseated them and kind of drove them into this exile. Uh, and they're primarily, at least on the prime, prime material plane, like living underground um, and making their raids from there, kind of set up in these little uh, little fiefdoms in uh, uh, their cool social structure where they're all part of the same organism, technically. They share a consciousness, uh, and each individual is a node in that consciousness. But they, they also have, like, they, they have a hive mind, but also have an individual goal. They don't operate yes. like ants, right. you know, or anything like that. Uh, they can be more independent than that. Um, there's something that com- happens called partialism yeah. when they make a new one. Uh, which we'll talk about that process. Uh, that is what you're going through in the opening cutscene to this. Yeah. Seramorphosis. Seramorphosis. Uh, they put one of these little tadpoles inside you. So they give birth to the clutch of these tadpoles. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put them in a goo pile. <laughs> in the goo pile, they eat each other and the elder brain snacks on them. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, here, the elder brain is is like the Kree supreme intelligence. It is their uh, collective hive mind. Kind mm-hmm. of central thinking. Big Any brain. of them that survive gets stuck into an eye, which they then take over that body. 
Yeah, it uh, grows in place of the brain, uh, and then it yes. uh, you know you just basically erupt into a uh, mind flare from that point. Yes, uh, they uh, your old personality remains to a degree, but it's kind of muted. Yeah. Like one of my favorite details about the mind flare is how little bits of culture will leak through without kind of without them really knowing it. Yeah. So like depending on the local diet of like a mind flare clan, mm-hmm. like their architecture will be different. Yeah. Because uh, they're like, picking up like subsurface kind of preferences <laughs> of their diet. Yeah. So like if they're if they're feeding entirely on, you know, kind of a less less developed species from the underdark or whatever, they're not going to focus on making like really nice clothes because that's yeah. not from the culture that they pulled from. Yeah. If they go to a rave and just eat EDM fans, mm-hmm. they're just going to everything's neon. Yeah. And they're going to talk about EDM a lot. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> um, the, the, uh, they also, this partialism is when the original personality mm-hmm. uh, maintains. So a, you know, think about the horror of that. You know, that is one of the reasons why these are effective monsters is because yeah. it's taking over the self and you could be possibly still in there being John Malkovich style, mm-hmm. you know, or you could be a mind flayer, think you're just a mind flayer, but you have these preferences and memories you don't understand. Yeah. Really. Um, this can cause you to be an outcast. Right. Uh, this partialism means you cannot return back to the elder brain, mm-hmm. which is how the life cycle. Yeah. Of, uh, these guys ends. Yeah. Uh, there can be rogue illithids too. That uh, if you are five miles away from the uh, from the uh, elder brain, you're cut off. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, maybe with that new freedom, you decide to set out. Like you can't start a new colony that require requires uh, an illithid, uh, yes. a very rare uh, mind flare that is born to be like a you know like a ruler to branch off and then go and morph into an elder brain and start another colony elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. This is just you working as an independent. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one of my favorite details about this. So you have those tadpole poles that are around. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, say, say crew of adventurers ro- you know, rolls in, it kills every mind flayer, it, it takes care of the entire colony, but doesn't deal with the tadpole pool. If that mm-hmm. is untended, what will happen is the struggle of all against all, where the largest tadpole uh, will eat all of the others uh, and yes. then remain and grow uh, and turn into a neotholid, which is a gigantic purple worm that ravages the underdark by tunneling yeah, around huge asshole like <laughs> yeah. you, you can't you can't really win uh you, or you have to you have to take out the eggs yeah, yeah. you know i i guess is uh, is the thing mm-hmm. um one of the things another little touch i like with these guys is that they uh they they're slaves uh, and this is you know again you do not have to hand it to them mm-hmm. uh they're, they're slavers um but their thralls they become lonesome without Mm -hmm. them like they don't see because they have this alien morality they don't see what they're doing as a cruelty yeah uh to these uh people and if there are reports of them like getting depressed Mm -hmm. because they don't have thralls around yeah they treat them kind of like favored pets (laughs) uh again working into that horror yeah for them um little drips and drabs about mind flayers are going to come out all season yeah you know because they are the primary thing and as we learn new things about them in the game uh, we will learn about them. Yeah. The m- important thing right now, uh, other than just kind of those basics, uh, psychic slavers, mm-hmm. uh, for this is that uh, the seramorphosis process is generally fatal and irreversible. And quick. Uh, Happens within like quick. a week. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and something a little bit different is going on with us. Yeah. And we're going to find out through the course of the game. We are. Yeah. Uh, let's give some advice. Let's do in the sage advice section here. Uh, this is your baby here. Uh, I never fucked around with the command spell, Gary. 
uh, I am a tactic sicko. Mm-hmm. Uh, and fucking around with these parts is the thing I like to play video games yeah. for. Uh, so uh, I want to talk about the level one cleric spell command. God, this is so powerful. I read these notes and then immediately went and tried it. And I was like, oh, this is a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's super good. <laughs> Um, the reason why this is the topic for this episode is because, uh, this allows you to jump that power curve, uh, by getting Zelk's sword, uh, there, but it's uh, one of the, uh, spells. One of the things I like about D and D fifth edition, um, versus previous editions is mm-hmm. that this has not always been true. Um, this is one of the spells that stays useful all game long. Yeah. Um, it is a cleric spell. So level one clerics can cast it as well as fiend warlocks, uh, level two bar paladins, uh, bards can do it if they use the magical secrets feature mm-hmm. um and it is a special ability that's tied to a couple of pretty rare items right this. so if you want to get your hands on it that's how you do it mm-hmm. uh let's talk about why it's good yeah so there's what it does and then um how it can be resisted um and it's the second one that makes this useful all game long Right. Yes. Um, uh, but we'll get to that. The basics here, what it does is you have um, a number of different commands that you can issue to an enemy. This isn't like confusion or charm where it breaks the brings them over to your side. This is for one turn. It takes their turn and makes them do something. Yes. Um, you've got approach, which will make them run toward you. Drop has them drop their weapons. Uh, flee, which makes them run away. Uh, mm-hmm. Grovel, which I haven't tried. What does they grovel go do? Got you. Oh, that's yeah. super. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah. And then halt, which just is uh, if you want them not, you're, you're agnostic as to what they do. You just want them to stay still. Yeah. Um, they have to do this instead of anything else. Right. So it's not just they do it; they can't attack. Yeah. As uh, you know, if you command your foe to approach, you don't have to worry about them walking up and smacking you. All they can do is approach. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this is very useful. Um, you can get them to come closer to you to get them with attacking range. You know, mm-hmm. or uh, have them approach a you know, character who's next to you, one of your companions. If you make them flee, they'll spend their whole turn getting away from you and they have to spend those resources getting back. Yeah. You can sometimes kind of get two turns mm-hmm. out of it. Uh, and when I say getting turns, what I mean by that um, is this kind of principle in Baldur's Gate 3 combat, also in Divinity Original Sin, also in most tactical uh, games, I find. Yeah. Uh, which is blanking out your opponent's turns. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you know, Baldur's Gate 3 and uh, D&D uh, in general, you have initiative order, right? Uh, where depending on your stats and a roll, you've got uh, the characters who are going to be taking their turns um, in an order determined by the initiative. And you can see this, like at the top of mm-hmm. the screen. It will show you who has actions coming up. And this is very yes. important for planning, right? So the most powerful enemy on the board, they've got a turn coming up. What can I do to delay? that or deny that yes you want to blanket in a, a general sense thinking about who has the most power in a, an encounter in this it's who's taking the most turns mm-hmm. you know are you taking more turns of your from your opponent uh either through numbers or trickery yeah and the game wants you to fuck around with this yeah uh and the reason you know that is because you end up extremely on the back foot with the former mm-hmm. um your party maxes out at four uh you'll have allies in a lot of battles mm-hmm. but a lot of times you won't and you face much larger numbers in this. Yeah. Um, you know, so if you have four turns, you have four characters versus 10, even less powerful characters, they're just getting so many more bites at the apple. Mm-hmm. You know, so many more chances to crit attack, to outmaneuver you, to push you into places. You have to even this up. Yeah. Uh, and the way you can do that is with stuff like command. 
Yeah, that and also setting up battles on your terms, right? So that you can get to yes. places where even if they have those, uh, you know, those turns, they have to waste them getting to you, or you know, they're unable to reach you, or when they do, uh, their action is less likely to succeed. There are a number of ways yes. that you can manipulate the battlefield, but this is a very direct way to hijack that turn order. Yes, uh, when you use this, so command is a spell; it takes an action, uh, but you're getting rid of their entire turn and manipulating them. Mm-hmm. Uh, which introduces a principle in tactics game uh, they borrowed from Magic the Gathering, which is called Tempo, uh, which is when you spend a lesser resource to deny a greater resource, mm-hmm. basically. Um, so you use this. Uh, you use your action. You get rid of their whole turn. They lose an action, a bonus action, and movement. You still have your bonus action and movement mm-hmm. uh, for this. Those aren't the most powerful tools at your command, but you can still use them. Yeah. Um, you are coming out ahead. Mm-hmm. in that yeah. um same thing if you can when we talk about other turn denial later uh things like hold person yeah if you're taking out out two whole turns you know they're losing two two actions two bonus actions two movements you're just losing an action right you know you you are evening those odds yeah you can still move you can still throw you can still drink something right yep uh and a lot of characters have things that play into the bonus action economy right to give you more things to do another thing i think D 5e does well yeah yeah, you, you just end up ahead. You know, this is a principle we also talk, you know often talk about. Like, it, haste ultimately lets you do more damage than fireball at the third yes. level of uh, by, arcane magic. Yeah, yeah, by by doubling everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so out of these commands, you know, any of these will do this. Uh, special attention is paid to drop, uh, which we use in this episode. Um, a, a character, your opponent has to have a weapon. They have to have something that they can drop, but this neuters them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never seen them pick a weapon back up. No, like they can. It's an engine. I've done it. I picked up a weapon and used it in combat, but the enemy won't do it. Right. So in addition to robbing a turn, you're debuffing them. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have to either use a backup weapon they have or use a range weapon or use their fist. Yeah. Um, This is really powerful because you're applying a debuff to them and you're not using your concentration slot. Right. Uh, Concentration. You you can only have one spell going at a time. Mm -hmm. That is uh, as upkeep. Um, This doesn't take that. You just no. made them drop their weapon like a dip. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And this can swing a battle. You know, if there's an encounter with a huge ogre that's got a big club, well, he's not such a big guy if he doesn't have that club, right? Yep. And yeah. then you can get that club, mm-hmm. you know, if it's something very special. Um, this would be a, a spell that got aged out of um, because uh, you just have to hit enemies, their armor class would go up. Yeah, you know, and so they'd be harder to hit. You'd always have like a fifty-fifty chance for this. It would be like a like an attack in the Pokemon card game. Yeah, list. yeah. Um, but this res- is resisted by something different, right? Um, a wisdom save. It's not a two hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Yeah, and that's uh, important. Yes. So armor class. Um, you know, the requirement for uh, your ultimate roll in order to hit is going to go up as enemies uh, level up. Uh, goes up a lot. It uh, becomes very yes. hard, uh, you know, with uh, with uh, later enemies, you know, to hit them uh, as uh, as it should, right? Yes, um, because you're you're getting commensurate bonuses, right. And tactics. So yeah. that is how the game remains at a relatively even level of challenge throughout, or attempts to. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game gets easier as it goes in my experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it maintains at least a somewhat flattened curve because of that. Mm-hmm. This instead is checking against wisdom, uh, which is a much lower threshold over the course of the game. Yes. Uh, it tends to be crappy, and it specifically is crappy for the kind of like thuggos 
they're yeah. fighting, you know, like the, uh, the, the kind of just like jabronis. Yes. Uh, some gobs. Yeah. You know, you're fighting some goblins. They're not going to be very wise. No. Yeah. Salt you know? of the earth, the dipshits. Yeah. Yeah. The, the dipshits of the earth. Uh, so even if you, uh, you know, the worst this gets is like 50% chance. Mm-hmm. So you are taking a risk, you know, in terms of tempo, there is a tempo loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, if you do this and it whiffs, but that can be ameliorated a little bit by upcasting it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use higher level spell slots to cast this on more creatures. So if you're using one action to make three creatures drop their weapon, even if they each only have a 50% chance of doing that, you're coming out ahead. Yeah. Um, it's super good. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the great spell. It is useful the entire game. There's yeah. only a couple level one spells. I think are like that. Like sanctuary, uh, is up there. Magic missile obviously is still really yeah. good. Yeah, you know there there are a couple of things that just scale really really well. Uh, this one is maybe the best. Yeah, and the game, you know, you're basically handed a character. You can do this right at the start. Who has it? Yeah, memorized mm-hmm. when you when you pick up Shadowheart. The yeah. game wants you to use this. Like one of the things I love about Baldur's Gate Three is that something that can feel kind of degenerate. You know, making the the uh, optional boss in the beginning drop their weapon and steal it mm-hmm. is something the devel- developers definitely thought of. Yeah. Like they positioned you for that success. Mm-hmm. So no. do it. <laughs> yeah, Viva, do it. Uh, memorize command if you haven't already. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about legends and lore in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not a whole lot to talk about in this episode. Uh, this is the section where we read in universe books. Yeah. Uh, of this and talk about backstory. Thanks. Right. Uh, um, not a lot of tomes up here, but we do have illithid runes, uh, which are in their writing system. Uh, it conveys, um, information and memories psionically, but it's encoded in these four lines of glyphs, um, which are meant to be read with the tentacles. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They have a psychic presence as well as a shape. Yes. So like imagine a letter that, uh, in addition to seeing it would instill a, a psychic mood onto you mm-hmm. um you get the the writer's thoughts and feelings at the same time as you read their words that is how yeah. illithid language works mm-hmm. um the things that we can from what we can read and learn about this we learn a couple things uh, um one uh they're scientists these ones they are looking through studying different races yeah. for this and these ones uh specifically uh have been studying up on races and individuals in Faerun, mm-hmm. uh and specifically goblins yeah uh, they're wild about them gobos. Yes. Uh, the other thing we kind of find out through this is that, uh, the conspiracy is really wide ranging. Yeah. Um, they have data from many corners of the realms. They've been doing it for a very long time. Yeah. We're coming into this, uh, a long way into their plot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever they are, uh, whoever they are working for, this is, you know, just one tentacle that is reaching and gathering this data along with gathering people. Right. You know, this is a, this is a body harvesting organization. Yeah, 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 exactly. Again, (laughs) we don't got to hand it to them. No. Um, the, uh, and this is just what we can see here. Mm -hmm. Um, we're later going to find out more about how mind flayers store information. Yeah. Uh, in other ways, like this is their, their Oh, four, five, Oh, four, five, one notes they're leaving around. Mm-hmm. Like this is the psychic impression of my computer password. that I left <laughs> next to my computer. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's that kind of thing. Um, we're going to find more detailed records mm-hmm. later. Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, different ways of consuming that information, let's say. Yeah. 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 For, for lack of a, a more or less euphemistic uh, term. <laughs> Finally, for this episode, uh, let's find familiar and uh, talk about us. 
Yeah, man. So I, I feel really I'm on a back foot here because again, I squished us. Yeah, <laughs> he was goo. Us. He was goo, or they were goo. I don't know what it is. <laughs> uh, he's such a beautiful little boy. Yeah, uh, the uh, or girl, or <laughs> you know, I don't need to gender us. Yeah, I don't need to gender uh, the monster. Little uh, intellect devourer uh, that we rescue from the noggin. Uh, there's nothing we can do to save the human. No. Once an intellect devourer gets in the head, that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, uh, there. Uh, and us has a very squeaky little adventure time voice. <laughs> oh gosh. And I love, I love it's uh, the, the cadence of its speech because it will mm-hmm. say something. It'll say something in one tense and then repeat it uh, in like a uh, not tense it'll, uh, noun verb agreement. It will, it will say it in the singular and then repeat it in the plural. Uh, mm-hmm. it, yeah. Uh, it's, it's just very cute. And it's a little bit of a subtle touch. Yeah. Yes. In terms of how this works, and this could be considered a spoiler, but it's very minor. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about this a little bit. Uh, if you uh, lobotomize us, its stats are worse. Uh, and it cuts it off from the hive. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, so what you can attack other intellect devourers. But us was always special. Yeah. Um, in the beginning of Act Two, we can get us back. Um, and it is a popular misconception online that you have to lobotomize it to mm-hmm. get it back, uh, but you don't. Right. Uh, the uh, and this you know the games have bugs, right? Mm-hmm. So if us didn't appear for you, there are very co- this is the price you pay for complexity. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, for me, he showed up again. Yeah. Uh, as that, and he's just special. He is like um, one of those uh, the mind flayers mm-hmm. that uh, is separate from the hive. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so in this one, I decided not to do anything to it because that seemed like you know, my character didn't know what this was. It was asking yeah, yeah. me for help. So I helped. That's fine. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, role playing is mm-hmm. a okay for yeah. smushing the friend. Yeah. You know? uh, <laughs> my character in the, you know, my, my, my sorcerer that I played knew what this was, could not suffer it to live. You go squish now. Yes. Yeah. Uh, missing out on some stuff, but you won't get everything. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, um, what us can do for you mechanically uh, at this stage of the game and later really is just to be a body. Yeah. Um, we talked about this a little bit during the tactics section, getting an extra turn on your side is huge. And then having something the enemy will use a turn on mm-hmm. is huge. Uh, just having more targets for the opponent to hit, even if they can't do very much for you is very useful. Think about like if, if an opponent in this game attacks us, that's the equivalent of you just soaking an attack without getting hit. Yeah you know, your main character mm-hmm. uh, for this. Yeah. Useful here. And, you know, even though the combat here is not necessarily uh, that difficult, uh, it's a demonstration of the principle exactly. at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. The, this, uh, this game is constantly teaching you early on what it wants you to do to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, us is also awesome. Uh, <laughs> if you get them in act two, uh, <laughs> if you summon them around, you get an item that lets you summon them. So I just summon them for fights, but if you want to have them walking around, mm-hmm. uh, they project an image of a kitty cat. <laughs> So to everyone else, it looks like you have a kitty cat. I love it. Walking around with you. <laughs> uh, and, and also, uh, it's got good ideas. Uh, yes. Is, uh, you know, is, is generally on this, uh, on, well, you can pick multiple sides in this, but uh, is generally on the side of not, uh, you know, not, 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 not pressing people down, you know? Yeah. Uh, us, when us does have something to say, uh, us is uh, an Antifa super soldier. Yeah. Us is based. Yes, and we love this about us. Uh, <laughs> this is probably the most plot important animal that's going to pop up during this section. Usually, this is just for cute, like they yeah. give the squirrel this personality uh, for something light to end on. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, us is us can be important. 
yes. if you don't uh, smush them like a monster. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, so that's going to be it for the episode. Again, uh, write in for the forum if you'd like us to read your letter. Please, um, yeah, that, that'll uh, that, that that'll start popping up uh, next time uh, as we as we get there. But uh, that, 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 that that that's it right now. Uh, yeah. This is you know one of the last episodes that's going to go off for free for everybody. So we hope that uh, you've enjoyed this. Um, yeah, and you can get the rest by backing us on Patreon. Going to yeah. Patreon.com/slash/DuckFeedTV. And, um, you know, uh, accessing this show and a whole bunch of other stuff. We, uh, I think, are a little too generous with it. Uh, you get a lot. Arguably get, so. Yeah. There are people who are similar success levels of us who just do WAF. Yeah. And every once in a while, I think, like, what if we just did WAF? Uh, nice, you know, just, wouldn't it? Yeah. In, in some ways, it'd be nice. But I love doing stuff like this, too. Yeah. But also, in some ways, it'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I get it. Uh, yeah. Go to patreon.com slash TV. You'll get big stuff. Uh, a lot of benefits. Yeah. Um, check out our other shows. You can also find us on Blue Sky uh, at our names. Mm-hmm. Gary Butterfield, uh, BKSY.social. Cole Ross, BKSY.social. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'd like you to join us in giving a big thanks to our producer, Gwen. Thank you so much, Gwen. Yeah. And uh, until next time, fare thee well, adventurer. I don't know. We need to come up with a sign off. And yeah. those are the hardest thing to do. It needs to be organic. Uh, yeah. In these shows. Yeah. It's very, very difficult to come up with those. Yeah. We'll get there eventually.